he's doing he's doing a mighty work in us mighty work in us personally work in us corporately and it doesn't come without the tests it doesn't come without the tests if you're not in a test right now you will be at some point it's kind of like uh I don't know about you guys. I was never a fan of pop quizzes. If they told me when the test was, that was all right, because I knew how to prepare for that. Well, God doesn't tell us when the tests are coming. He doesn't tell us how long the tests are. But he gives us everything we need to pass. All we have to do is tap into it and tap into it over and over and over and over and over again even when we're still taking the test. Scriptures tell us, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Perseverance. The verse that follows, it says, perseverance must finish its work so that you may become mature and complete, not lacking anything. I wish I could tell you that perseverance gets produced when we're walking on the mountaintop. When we're enjoying a big feast. Uh, Perseverance happens in the valleys and the trials and the difficulties and the challenges. Pastor Ben, uh, when he spoke two weeks ago on the brokenhearted, he started out his message and he said, We were built for these times. We were built for these times. And his reference was that we're still we're still mourning the loss of Ashton and we still don't know anything more than what we knew two weeks ago, three weeks ago. So imagine your trials and you have a family who's been sitting here week by week, still waiting still waiting for some final confirmation. I don't know about you, because I, I, but I know me. Until I hear that, not that I even want to hear it. And I pretty much know what I'm going to hear, but I don't know when I'm going to hear it. But taking that step None of us knows what that's like. They do. And they're still here. They're still giving praise to Jesus. They're still serving him. They're still acknowledging him. They're still talking to him. And when Pastor Ben said that, we're built for these things. We're built for these things. And it's not just for us. It's not just so that we can get through it. It's that, for sure. He gives us things to get through trials and difficulties and challenges and But it's bigger than that. 
It's that in the middle of that, I can still shine light. In the middle of that, I can still tell people about my Savior. In the middle of that, I can still say how good my God is. And it's not denying the pain. It's not denying the loss. It's not denying the questions and the grief and all the things that go along with that. We're not shoveling that under under a rug somewhere. No, he meets us right in the middle of that. He meets us. You know the testing of your faith. It's producing something in us. Verse 12 of that chapter says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. I'll speak for myself. I don't, I don't do this for crowns. I do this because Jesus loves me, and he forgave me, and he set my life on a, on a path that was better than the path it was on before. Only he could do what he did. I don't do it for crowns. Hey, he says we get them. We get them at the end. When we, when we stand, that's awesome. But we, we do what we do because he did it first. He gave himself for me. He gave himself for you. He knows your name. This is personal. I say this all the time around here. These messages, they're personal. Take them personally. Apply them personally. But this idea of tests, this isn't just this aren't just personal tests. I believe the Lord tests us as a body. He's been testing us all year as we've been dealing with dealing with uh, pandemic and all the ramifications of that. And how do you you know how do you how do you do what you're supposed to do? How do you reopen? How do you do things? That, you know, and we don't pretend we ever have all the right answers and all the, but we're seeking the one who does. We tap into the one who does, and so. What, what I what I discovered is that how we how do we pass the tests? How do we discover, how, do, how do we how do we maneuver through challenges and difficulties? Only with His supernatural strength, His supernatural wisdom, which means tapping into Him. This isn't we're not giving just giving lip service to Him. We're communing with Him. We're talking to Him. We're studying His Word. I, I don't. If I've said this a hundred times, or one time I've said it a hundred times, if not more, and Pastor Ben has, and Pastor Shane has, Pastor Mark has, we've all said this. Dig into the scriptures. Dig into the scriptures. Feed on them. Feed on them. They will give you wisdom. They will give you understanding. They will give you revelation of what this walk with him is all about. They will help us to persevere. They will help us to complete the race. To stay tapped into this. Whenever, whenever individuals are going through difficulties, our inclination is we want to spare them from the trials and the difficulties. I remember uh, when my daughter was uh, in college, away at college, and I remember picking her up one particular time, and uh, on the way home, she said to me, I had a good cry with Jesus the other night. And I thought, yes! <laughs> I don't know what she was crying about, and I'm sure it was a painful experience. But as a college student, she was learning 
to tap into the one who has the answers that I, as her dad, didn't have. I don't even think I even asked her what, the, what she was crying about. I probably didn't even want to know. And as parents, I know we want to spare our kids, our children from difficulties and challenges and pain and suffering and all those things that are part of this life. But there's only one who can shoulder that. There's one who bore that. His name's Jesus. And he still he still bears that for us if we trust him and we tap into him, we talk to him and we He walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own. That means you can talk to him about anything and everything. There's nothing that is taboo to him. Tell him you're angry. Tell him you're mad. Tell him you're upset. Tell him you're struggling. Tell him all about it. Tell him your thoughts. He already knows them. But tell him anyway. First Peter 1, 6 and 7 says, For a little while, you may have had to suffer grief on all kinds of, in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. You may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trial. They've come. Now I don't see our God as saying, okay, I'm going to test you right now, so I'm going to send all kinds of trials. No, there's trials in life. There's things that happen just in the course of life. Difficulties happen. He's not always just sending these things because I want to prove how strong you are. I want to prove how sure your faith is. No, in the middle of them, that's what he does. But every difficulty and every struggle you have, he's not sending them your way. We live in a sinful world. We live in a fallen world. And because of that, there's troubles all around us. Whether we're a believer or not a believer, there's troubles all around us. The great news for us is we have an advocate. This is how I fight my battles. We sing that song. What's the message of that song? I fight my battles by worshiping my Savior. Scriptures say worship him and the enemy will flee from you. He hates our worship. So if you feel like you're being bombarded, worship Jesus. Worship Jesus. to prove the genuineness of your faith, which he says is worth greater than gold. And what's the result? It's all because he gets glory and praise in the end. This isn't, this isn't about attention to us. This isn't about... applause of man, getting credit for anything. He did it all. He did it all. When I was uh, when I spoke up, uh, a couple weeks, a few weeks ago about uh, the remnant, 
and I shared a little bit about that, the, the, the survey of, 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 of that demographic, young adults, and, and in that survey, uh, one of the things that the young, our young adults, the survey showed was the young adults want to see genuineness of faith. They want to see that it's real. Well, <laughs> the passage tells us you're going to have to go through difficulties for your faith to be refined and and we all go through refinements, and again, we don't know when those are, and it doesn't matter how old you are. Ask Gary and Mary Ellen if they're still being refined. We're still being refined. Not one of us has arrived. We're still being molded and shaped. But we have to cooperate. We have to let them we can we can at any point say no we can, we we're not puppets he doesn't he's not molding us and shaping us into puppets that just do whatever no we always have this free will but he loves it when our free will is surrendered to his will even in pain even in pain even when we don't understand even when we don't have all the answers It's interesting. One of my, you know, favorite parables is the parable of the sower, and I reference it a lot around here. But the one, the one segment of that parable talks about those, uh, those the seeds that are that, that that are scattered on rocky ground, rocky ground. It actually it describes it as shallow, it's shallow ground, and it says that it's shallow ground, so the the seeds don't go down very deep. Those on rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have, they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. See, our tests are never intended for us to say, well, I can't, I can't stand up to this test. And sometimes we can't stand up, so we simply surrender and say, I'm bowed down. And maybe I'll, let, maybe I'll let my brothers and sisters hold up my arms for a while. Maybe I'll let my brothers and sisters surround me for a while but they fall away because their seeds are just they're on surface this is not a surface walk when I first became pastor here uh, more than 12 years ago now more than 12 years ago one of my the first series the Holy Spirit gave to me was called embracing the deep embracing the deep and the challenge was and still is for us to never settle for where we are in our current walk Never settle for the victories already won, whatever those victories are. And there have been many, many, many. I can look around this room and see victory after victory after victory. But don't settle for those victories of yesterday. Don't settle for where you are even right now. Say, I want more. I want to grow more. I want to grow closer to you even more, Jesus. So always being hungry for just a little bit more or maybe a lot more. He'll take us wherever we are. But I want each of us to just even ask that question, where, I, where am I on this path? Is the fire just a flicker or is it burning hot?
In Ephesians, and I, again, I reference this passage a lot, Christ gave him apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip the people for works of service that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the full measure of the fullness of Christ. And I, This verse in this context of the tests is, or is for me to tell you, hey, I know why I'm here. Pastor Ben knows why he's here. Pastor Mark knows why he's here. Pastor Shane knows why he's here. Part of our job is is to is to give you sound instruction. Sound instruction. What you do with it is up to you. We can't force anybody to put it into practice in their everyday life. Yeah, we have classes and we have other other means for us to kind of go deeper in our studies and to encourage and all those things. And those are awesome and they're necessary and they're part of the, you know, they're part of the of the of the ministry. But it comes down to what do what do I do with this when I go home? What do I do with this when we go home? We recognize our job is to is to is to give you sound teaching and uh, and try to explain things as they happen and and you know we we do it imperfectly. But what we what each of us does with it. We'll determine whether we stand in the time of testing. We'll determine whether we persevere under trial. When Pastor Ben, and I think Shane did this last week too, both looked at these guys and said, they're here, they're, they're up here, they're up front here in the middle of their pain and their questions. And the Lord is using those examples for every one of us. Well, then there's Job, who says, What is man that you make so much of him, that you give him so much attention, that you examine him every morning and test him every moment? Oh, my goodness. A test every moment. And this is Job, who in the beginning of the in the beginning of the book, we know the scenario. The enemy's roaming the earth. And he has this conversation with God. And God says, have you considered my servant Job? And they have this conversation. And Job goes through all these tests. Now God knew from the very start Job was going to stand. He knew from the very start the heart of Job. A number of years ago, I taught on this before I was even pastor here, and I said, man, I wonder if those conversations sometimes still go on. Have you considered my servant Diana? And in God and his sovereignty only would ever do that knowing that the heart of Diana is going to stand. She's going to withstand whatever comes her way. And 
And again, it's not God doing it. God doesn't intervene in every situation on this earth. We have an enemy who is roaming the earth, seeking whom he might devour. Our enemy comes to steal, rob, and destroy. He's still real. He's still real. But just as God gave Job everything he needed to persevere, same is true for us. He gives us everything we need to persevere. All we have to do is tap into it. I need supernatural strength today. I need wisdom today. I need your peace today. I need wisdom. I need a little joy today. Oh, maybe a lot. Give me a lot. So Job asks this question, what is man that you make so much of it? It's interesting because David in the Psalms asks a similar question. He says, what is man in Psalm 8? What is man that you're mindful of him, that you care for him? And then he sort of gives the answer. He gives an answer. You've made him a little lower than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor. You've made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet. Why does he make so much fuss over us? Because he's put us in charge of stuff. He set our life on a path to make a difference in this world, in this, in this culture, in 2020, in this culture. Why does he make so much fuss over you and care so much about whether you persevere or don't persevere? Because he wants to use you. He wants to use you, Carter, in your generation. Why does he make so much fuss over us? Why does he care so much of us? Because we're his own, we're his people, and he wants to use us. This isn't just about us getting through. It's not just about us getting through. I'm going to help you to get through, but I'm also going to use you to be a witness to somebody else. Somebody else is watching your life. Somebody else is paying attention to your faith, and they want to know about it. How can you stand in the middle of this trial? How can you worship your God in the middle of your pain? How can you stay close to him? How can you still give him praise when there's difficulty and there's things you don't understand? Because he forgave me. While I was still a sinner, he forgave me. While I was lost, he ransomed me. Because I discovered a love in him that I never found anywhere else, even though my parents loved me, and my wife loves me, and my daughter loves me, and my grandson's beginning to love me. And some of you love me. Maybe a couple of you anyway. But it doesn't compare. It doesn't compare. None of that love will sustain us. Because even in the middle of that kind of love, there will be disappointments. Failures. Not usually intentional, but we're flawed people. But his love, oh. So how can I do that? Because of that. Because that's the kind of Savior we serve. 
the tests. Examine yourselves. Examine yourselves, the scripture says. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 13. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Just even for a minute, take note of this verse. Take note of this verse and, and, and respond to it in some sort of a tangible way. Okay, Lord, what, what does this mean for me? What am I supposed to be looking at? How do I, how do I know as I'm testing myself that I'm on the right path, that I'm getting some answers right, that I'm... Do you not realize that Jesus Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. I trust that you will discover that you have not failed the test. And by failing a test doesn't mean you messed up. We mess up. The thing about messing up is that, Lord, I messed up. Here I am again. Knowing you're the only way for me to get back on track. You're the only way for me. Help me to do better the next time. Help me to overcome next time. I'm not playing a game with you, God, but I'm flawed. And sometimes the thing I want to do, I don't do. And the thing I don't want to do, I do. Paul understood that. He taught us that. And I wish I could tell you in this, in this life and this walk that we'll reach a point where we'll get that completely right. Well, probably the time we get to the point where we say, I got that completely right, we're heading for a fall. Second Peter. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So, so again, the value of studying the word is we learn. We learn about him. We learn about his nature. We learn about his ways. We learn about how he works. We learn about how he works in us. We learn about how much he loves and cares for us. We learn about not leaning on our own understanding of things in life, but saying, okay, I'm going to trust you in this, even though I don't understand it all. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So this just gives a little bit of an explanation for uh, he, he hasn't called us to something that he doesn't equip us to fulfill. But it's day by day. It's every day. Every day. And some days we'll do better than others. So then he goes on. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to goodness, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, mutual affection, to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they'll keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. These are the things that will help us to persevere to the end, that will help us to persevere to the end, even through the 
difficulties and the challenges and the tests. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Again, why can we do this? Because I've been cleansed from my past sins. So why do I want to do all these things? Because I, want, I, don't, I don't want to walk that's ineffective or unproductive. And neither do you. We want to produce something. That's his desire more than anything. Yeah, we have the promise of salvation and eternal life. That's awesome. It's awesome we have that promise. But it's bigger than what comes after this life. It's what do we do while we're here? How do we live this out while we're here? Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, for, you do, for if you do these things, if you do these things, you'll never stumble. You'll receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So there's a promise. There's a promise there. Stay on task. Grow. Grow. We're growing. You hear us this all the time around here. We're, we're growing. We're this growing entity. We're these growing beings. There's things in us that have, still need to be tweaked and pruned and And a lot of times that happens during the tests. During the tests. Scriptures tell us to count the cost. Count the cost. Jesus says, count the cost. What's the cost of becoming my disciple? Well, you don't get your own way. You don't get everything you want when you want it. Somebody else's life and needs are more important than your own. Count the cost. Talks about building your life on a rock, on a solid rock, on the solid rock, so that when the tests come, when the winds come, when the trials come, when the rains come beating down, again, your faith, which is more valuable than gold, doesn't crumble. Doesn't crumble. The tests. The tests. Personal tests. Probably if I were to go around this room, I, I'd be, I mean, I can't imagine there's no, nobody in this room that would say, no, I've never gone through a test. I've never gone through a test of my faith. Let's talk, put it that way. Never gone through a test. We've all gone through tests. They're not over yet, folks. They're not over yet. But they're both personal and they're corporate. 
I remember how, how, how many people were in this room uh, when, when, when Pastor Pauline sitting about right here collapsed on the ground and died. And she's alive. She lives today. She lives today. But right here, morning service like today, right after worship or right during worship, That was a corporate test. Those are corporate tests. We experience things corporately sometimes. And that was one that happened to happen right here with us all here together. It was a corporate test. How we maneuver through difficulties and challenges. How we maneuver through somebody else's difficulty and challenges. It's interesting. I was thinking about when we first reopened our doors after we were closed for about seven, eight weeks. And uh, I said, whatever your opinions about the pandemic and COVID and all that, because we have them, we all have opinions about all of it. I have strong opinions about pretty much everything. (laughs) Sometimes I have to keep them to myself. Sometimes it's appropriate to share them and there's a context to share them and sometimes there's not. But our, that Sunday we said, whatever your opinions are, leave them outside because that's not why we're here. Those are tests. You know, leaving our opinions where they have a proper context is fine. I am opinionated and anybody who knows me knows that. And sometimes I share my opinions. But bringing glory to God is more important than my opinion. Yeah. So how we maneuver through our opinions about various situations, we, we face all manner of situations in life. And we face all manner of situations as a body, as a church. And I believe those are part of the tests that we experience things together. You know, I've said this before. I remember as Abundant Life was young, we were a young young uh, group and there were, we had we didn't mean we didn't have older people we did but we went for a long time before we ever experienced death we went for a long time before we experienced experienced death and so when we began to experience death it was hard it was challenging it was we learned things that we didn't hadn't hadn't learned before about how to care for one another when they're going through it through an experience like that So it's those challenging situations that helped to grow us, help us to persevere. You know, when Avanda and I first started here in New Waterford, Pastor Don heard all the time, oh, you guys won't last. That place won't last. That, that place will fold up, close up. It won't last. But they modeled perseverance for us. They modeled what it's like to live this life out through tests and trials and difficulties and challenges and all manner of criticism were this and were that and were they're crazy up there and they do all kinds of weird things well you know some of that's true so the tests are personal but they're corporate they filter what we do personal what I do personal in my life affects you what you do personally in your life affects us. 
And that's not a, I don't want to put that on you as a weight on your shoulders. That's, that's not my intent at all. My intent is to say, hey, it matters what we do. Because we represent somebody bigger and way more awesome than us. And so I believe he's continually calling us to account because his desire is that every one of us, every one of us pass the test. Every one of us endure to the end. Every one of us. My little graphic that I use for this is the little test that you take when you're, it's an aptitude test where you fill in the little circle. It's kind of like what you do when you fill out a ballot. (laughs) Yeah, that right there. I wish I could stand up here today and say it's that easy. we just fill out this little sheet of paper and the test is over. (laughs) Yeah, most of it until tomorrow. Well, probably maybe even today. (laughs) We were built. We were built and we are being built for the tests. I look around this room. We are blessed. Honestly, two weeks ago, when we were coming in here our first Sunday, still not knowing a whole lot about Ashton and still, as Tim will say, numbness. And you know, you know, as 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 the pastor here, you know, you're always how how is this going to go? How is this going to? What's this going to be like? It's how do you how do you come in? And I tell you, from the moment worship started, and it was just this, it was just this blanket of comfort. The way it started, I, Holy Spirit knows what He's doing. He knows how to how to move among us when we're when we're hurting when we're mourning when we're when we're challenged and then pastor ben gets up and this message the broken hearted lord holy spirit had given to him weeks before any of this happened and you and again it's another reminder our god always 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 knows ahead of time So how can I trust him? Because he's proven himself. He keeps proving himself. And yes, sometimes as the pastor, just as me as a parent, wants to sometimes say, I wish I could take this away from you. I wish I could remove the pain. I wish I could remove the grief. I wish I could remove the hurt. I wish I could say the test is over and you're done. Not how it works not how it works 
But I can say, the God we serve, the God we reverence, the God we dance about and wave our hands about and shout about and sing to and give all manner of attention to understands every detail of it. And as close as I'm standing to Mo, he's even closer. He's in us. He's in us. And that's tangible. It's not some euphoric emotion that I can only tap into when I feel it. Let's stand. Every one of us in this room today is being built. We're being built, we're being put together with supernatural provisions. Now we have to tap into them. It doesn't just happen by osmosis or wanting it to happen. Or you know, We've got to tap into them every day. But we're being built with the tools and the resources and the strength and the wisdom and supplies we need to not only withstand the test, to persevere to the end, but to shine for somebody else. To shine for somebody else. So passing the test is not just about standing. Now we have some wonderful promises about our ability to be able to stand in the middle of trial, in the middle of difficulty, and standing to the end. But it's not just to stand, but it is to shine like stars in the universe. Scripture talks about that. We're shining for a culture out there that has nothing firm to stand on, that has nothing sure to trust in. I tell you today, our Savior Jesus is the only one, is the only one worthy of that kind of attention. The only one. who will give us what we need to endure to the end. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for the gathering of your people in this room today. All manner of people with trials and difficulties and challenges and tests and I thank you for your supernatural intervention that you wrap your arms around us when no one else is available no one else is there and you impart things into us you give us understanding you give us wisdom you give us revelation I pray even this week for this body as we, as we endeavor this week to be intentional about letting our eyes see the word and hear the word and put it into practice that you'll give us 
deeper understanding of some truth. I thank you for those specifically that are in trials and tests right now that seem insurmountable, that seem impossible. that you will give them a reassurance, some sort of a nudge, some sort of a tug to say, I've got this. I've got this. I've had you all along, and I'm not letting go. And I'm going to see you through, and I'm going to use you, and I'm going to give you understanding and revelation, and the things you don't understand, trust me anyway. So I give you glory, Lord, for this day. I thank you that us mere human beings get so much attention from you. It's because you love us and you set us on a course to not only be victors, but to affect other people to rescue them from darkness. I give you all praise today in Jesus' name.